Well, hey Ascent fam and welcome here. We are so excited just to worship with you today, to learn today and to dig in today um, as we just learn more about our awesome God together. Hey, for me, this last week has been filled with lots of ups and downs. You see right now in my wife and I's life, we've got a lot going on from house renos to jobs that have been taken away and added because of COVID and, and just um, daily things that are going on really that we have to balance in our life. I've experienced one day feeling just the joy and the jubilation of work going well and of spending some awesome time in the word to going into the next day feeling discouraged and, and just wondering, kind of uh, trying to navigate my way through that. One thing has remained the same though. And through every day of this past week, I've remembered that God is so, he's so good and he's so present. No matter where we are, if we're on that high or if we're on that low and we don't even know what's causing the high or the low, God is still right next to us, fighting our battles for us and, and going to war with us. So as we jump into worship now, I would just encourage you, whether you sing or whether you just remain there sitting in silence, letting the words of this song soak over your soul and over your heart, just listen to these words, believe them, know that they are true, know that our God is a way maker and know that he is with you every step of the way, no matter where you are today. I worship you, I 
of worship was meaningful for you and that you were able to take time to just connect with God. So I know it's so weird taking part in worship while it's on a screen, but God wants to work in these small moments to breathe life and encouragement into you. So I want to encourage you to make the most of them whenever you can. And right now, I want to encourage you to grab your Bible, grab a notebook or your phone to take notes, and we're going to dive into scripture together to continue to rediscover the heart of God. But first, I want to start with a question. When something is going wrong in your life, what is the first thing that you do? I can't really speak for everyone, but I think that for a lot of us, the first thing we do is we ask a question. And that question is this, where is God? Where is God when we feel heartbroken and can't seem to heal? Where is God when our mind is trapped in a downward spiral of depression? Where is God when we lost our job because of COVID? Or where is God when someone we love tragically dies? Where is God when all we see when we turn on the news is just horror after horror? Where is God within a broken system where people are continually being oppressed? Across all of these experiences, we ask the same question, where is God? And last week, we talked about how our imagination will sometimes pick and choose who God is and we allow a predetermined image of God to answer this question for us. Unfortunately, the answer too often feels like God isn't doing anything. God is just being his quiet self. God is passive and just allows bad things to happen. Or even for some, God must not exist. 
But for a few minutes, let's allow God to answer our questions himself through the truth of scripture, instead of basing it off of our own emotions or experiences. Because while I know a lot of people have experienced or seen pain in the world, and have either said that God is passive or that God doesn't exist, I believe that scripture actually tells us the opposite. I think scripture tells us that God is a roaring advocate. He's loud. He uses his voice to protect his people and scare off the enemy. He enters the fight with us as we struggle to make sense of our own pain and our own experiences and those around us. And I think the term advocate is so fitting because we already know all about it. We hear it and use it all the time to talk about fighting for social justice. We use it to label ourselves and our own role in society. And we use it to call people to something greater on social media. But have you ever thought of God as your advocate? Studying scripture and exploring this idea that God is an advocate, I found three ways that God roars on our behalf. And the first one is this, is that God roars against injustice. James 5.4 says, listen, can't you hear the cries of laborers over wages you fraudulently held back from those who worked for you? The cries for justice of those you've cheated have reached the ears of the Lord of armies. This is written by James, half-brother of Jesus, and he's taking the wisdom and teaching from Jesus and telling the Jewish Christians at the time how to practically live it out. And James points to the oppressed at the time, those who were being paid unfairly and taken advantage of. And then further on in the letter, he talks about those who are innocent, who have been murdered. And he astonishingly for that time calls people out and tells them that they have to change their ways. But the part that is possibly most astonishing is that James says, the cries for justice of those you've cheated have reached the ears of the Lord of armies. Our cries for justice are heard. They aren't just heard by a passive God. They are heard by a God of angel armies. He is the commander of the army. He deploys the angels out for battle, leading them the entire way. Sometimes it's so hard to see how God could possibly be correcting all of the injustice that is in our world when it is so complex and has created such deep and toxic roots in our society. Yet our cries are heard. And not only are our cries heard, they fuel action by God and his army. And the incredible thing is, God hears our cries. He has his army ready, but he also invites us to be an advocate alongside him. James implores anyone who will listen to treat people with love and respect and fairness and justice. God is powerful to act on his own, but this is so important. He wants us to advocate alongside him. He wants us to keep fighting too. I know a lot of people are tired of fighting. They are exhausted. Yet when God roars inside of us, showing us the injustices, he wants us to roar back so that our whole community can hear. The second way that God advocates for us is that the Holy Spirit roars for our desires. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to us. In John 14, Jesus tells his disciples that he won't be with them much longer, but that after him would come the Holy Spirit who would advocate on our behalf. And I believe that it goes something like this. We have those, those aching parts of our hearts that are desperate for change. We want change in our world. We want to see healing in our lives. We want to change our circumstances. We want to know the direction for our lives. 
And we feel this discontentment, but we don't even know what we want or what we maybe need in that moment. But then Romans 8, 26 to 27 says the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weaknesses. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super incede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings. Yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plans and our destiny. Just as God hears the cries of injustice, he also hears the cries of your own heart that maybe you don't even understand. And the Holy Spirit advocates on our behalf, translating those cries into the language of heaven and pleads God to act. And last of all, God roars for our freedom. If I'm honest, I think it's absolutely devastating how the world and maybe specifically our own generation sees God. I mentioned before that we often see him as quiet or as passive, but we also see him sometimes as this dictator who tries to control our lives and wants to restrict us from any enjoyment and really only ever points a finger at us, telling us how bad we are. But here's the thing. When Jesus came to earth as a human, he did not come to condemn the world or point out all of our sin because there was someone already doing that. There's this very real enemy out there that wants us to believe that he is a pathway to free life, that we can do anything we want to serve ourselves, but all he is really doing is accusing us and making us look more guilty. And of this, Zechariah 3, 1 to 2, says, Then he showed me Joshua the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. And Revelation 12.10 says, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses them before our God day and night. Satan is our accuser. Satan is the one trying to condemn us and cause injustice and point out the wrong. Jesus, on the other hand, is our advocate. In 1 John 2.1, a man named John is writing a letter to Christians and he pleads with them to run away from anything sinful, any acts of wrong in their lives. But then he says this. He says, you are my little children. So I'm writing these things to help you avoid sin. If, however, any believer does sin, we have a high power defense lawyer, Jesus the anointed, the righteous, arguing on our behalf before the Father. I love this, a high-powered defense lawyer, our ultimate advocate, arguing on our behalf. And I know that we really only talk about this stuff at Easter, but it is fundamental to living our lives as Christians that we take all of our sin to Jesus and allow him to defend us, not just once in our lifetime, not just when we've considered major sins, whatever those would be, but every day Jesus wants to act as our advocate. And it's like this, we've all done wrong in our lives. And because of the sin that we have committed, there are natural consequences. And those consequences mean being eternally apart from God. And in a life before Jesus, to be defended and not have to pay the full consequence 
It would mean taking a perfect animal, one without blemish, and sacrifice it to God as a payment for sins. But then Jesus came and he stepped in and said, instead of sacrificing an animal, let me be your high-powered defense lawyer. I'll advocate on your behalf to the judge. And so we go to Jesus with the evidence that we're good people, trying to prove our case. And we hand him a file and he opens it, pondering over the evidence of our justifications of why we did what we did. The comparisons of how what we did wasn't nearly as bad as what our other friends did. In it is every excuse, every place where we saw was maybe a gray area. And then there's a whole section to plead our case based off of good character, all of our volunteer work we've been doing, or how we've honored authority in our lives for the most part, or how we've never really committed any major sins before. And Jesus, he, he looks at it. He ponders over it. And then he throws it away. And we get angry because that was our best defense. That was, in our own minds, what would get us off the hook, what would convince the judge that we should be free. But then Jesus, he pulls out another file. And this one is a lot thinner, only a few simple pictures. And he goes to the judge and he pulls out one that's a crown of thorns. And then he pulls out exhibit B, which is nails, and shows his wrists where there were scars once. One of the sign of mockery that said king of the Jews, and one of a curtain being torn in two. And then he pulls out the last one of an empty tomb. And he shows this all to the judge, and with the judge looking through it, he ends with just these three words. It is finished. Friends, this isn't just an Easter story. This is Jesus daily advocating for us. This is God roaring against injustice and sending out his angel army to fight on behalf of the vulnerable and oppressed, inviting us to join in on the mission. This is the Holy Spirit listening to our heart's desires and translating them in heaven, interceding when we don't even know what we want to be praying for. This is Jesus fighting for our freedom, desperate to have us a part of eternity with him and wanting to daily walk with us. God isn't silent. He isn't passive. He is wild and he is a roaring advocate. And the question I have for us today, if you're on your own taking time to reflect or if you're watching with some friends and chatting over Zoom, I want us to ask three questions. The first one, if God is an advocate for injustice, what part do I need to play to do the same? Number two, if God is an advocate for my heart's desires, how does that change the way that I pray? And a question just to do on your own to reflect. What wrong or sin do I need to bring to Jesus and allow him to advocate for my freedom? God wants to advocate for you. I believe that he is roaring on your behalf. But sometimes the question is, are you going to let him?